I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this episode is recorded, the Gubby Gubby people. I would also like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples and language groups across this entire nation in which conception, pregnancy and sacred motherhood knowledge has been shared. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging and further extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hello, hello and welcome. You are listening to the Oxytocin Hour. I'm your host, Dana. I'm a midwife, mum of five and all-round oxytocin enthusiast. People are all too willing to share their negative experiences of conception, pregnancy, labour, birth and beyond. The Oxytocin Hour is your safe haven, filled with positive experiences from mums, dads, doulas, midwives and everyone in between. Each week we will release a new episode with the intent to uplift and inspire you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Now, let's get into today's episode. This and every episode of the Oxytocin Hour is strictly for entertainment purposes and is not to be used as medical advice. On today's episode, I chat about my second pregnancy, labour and birth story. If you didn't listen to my first pregnancy, labour and birth story, you can go back and have a listen to that. It's season one, episode one. And I do recommend that you do that just so you have some insight into why I made the decisions uh, that I made with this second one and also just where I was at in life. So basically, I'd already had my, my first child. He then turned two in the December and we're halfway through into the next year. Life was really crazy for me at the time. I was still in that on-again, off-again relationship with John and it was still extremely unhealthy, extremely toxic, um, back and forth, back and forth. And I think I was just very much, being so young, I was very much in that mindset of like still being a people pleaser and not wanting to step on too many toes, but then There was part of me that was just like the real authentic me that just wanted to come out and and do what I wanted to do. But I was, I felt, and as I reflect back, that I was sort of beaten down a lot about that. So I was 21 and life was going okay. I was living at my parents at the time because my relationship, well, or lack thereof, it was over at this point. He, we had a really disturbing cycle where, you know, things would be going good. Then he would progressively get more abusive and more awful. Um, And I would just put up with it and put up with it until I was like, okay, no, like bugger this, I'm, I'm out. And then there'd be a big explosion. Then I would finally pluck up the courage to leave. Then it would be like, you know, F you, no one will ever want you, blah, blah, blah. And then when he would have realized that this was it, like I'm doing better without you, he would come and completely suck up. So this is the point we're at the cycle and saying things like, I don't, I don't want our son to grow up, you know, with split up parents. I know what that's like. It's so awful, blah, blah, blah. And sort of putting it on me, like he deserves for us to be together and I was really 
I was of the same mindset because my parents were together when before my dad passed away. I just was of the, the belief that it is ideal if two parents can stay together no matter what. And that's what I would always say when I would try to work on our relationship together. Um, so he would kind of use that against me. So anyway, that kind of crept back in my mind. I'm like, oh, should we be together? Shouldn't we? And yeah, so we had a moment um, where we were together for the weekend and, you know, he was just being the most amazing dad to Max and it was all very nice. And I thought, oh, you know, this is lovely. But that was that he went back to where he was living, which was four hours away. And yeah, just not sort of knowing where we were at in this relationship. And I was like, okay, we're working on it. Things are getting better. And I would be talking to him every day and he was all good. And then he was like, have you got your period yet? And I thought, oh, no, I haven't yet, but it's all good. Um, because I know that we did sleep together because we're getting back together. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm fine. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Like sort of wink, wink sort of thing. And now that I think back to that, in retrospect, I'm, I'm trying to be really, really mindful of the words that I'm using and how I portray this across because I, you know, this is available to the general public. And obviously this is someone's like a birth story, but it was, yeah, it, as, um, I'm trying to think of the right word to, to use in this case, as sinister as you could believe it to be, it, it was that. So I was like, oh no, I'm sure everything's fine. He's like, oh, are you sure? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I actually am pregnant. Like, how did that happen sort of thing? He's like, yeah, I thought you might've been. And with that, his entire personality changed again. And it was like, eh, I don't really want to be with you because now he got me again. You know what I mean? Um, so... I was just like shocked because I was not expecting to be pregnant, but also every time, you know, that I've fallen pregnant, it's like, I'm so maternal and I know that I can be the best mother and that I would love this child. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm having another baby. Like, that's great. So not at any point was I like, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, cool. Well, Max is going to be a big brother. And I sort of calculated how old he would be when this new baby would be born. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was with it still living at my parents, like still really needed that support. And, um, John was living four hours away and just living his best life. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm having this baby and all's going to be well. So you can either stay with me or not, whatever. And, um, and he was like, okay, so let's stop talking about John. <laughs> so this is where it gets awesome. So I'm pregnant and I'm probably about eight weeks along and I'm still feeling okay. And then suddenly I get hit with this awful, and I use the term very lightly, morning sickness, which I'd, I'd now really like people to consider calling it pregnancy sickness because morning sickness just kind of plays it down, doesn't it? Because anyone that's been or experienced pregnancy sickness knows that it doesn't just happen in the morning and then you're good to go. 
For me, it was 24-7 debilitating sickness. And I didn't experience that in my first pregnancy. So that really got me by surprise. I spent a lot of days just laying on the floor while Max was just playing around me. Like I'd get up and, and fix him breakfast and then I'm lying down again. I'd get up and, you know, do whatever for him. And then I immediately back to lying down. I'm just thankful that he didn't go to daycare at the time and that, um, he wasn't in school, so I didn't have to do those drop-offs and stuff. So the pregnancy was going okay, and I considered, because when I had Max, I really wanted to do MGP, or I wanted to get into the birth center at the end of my pregnancy, but it was too late at that point um, because of when I was due. I decided this time I'm really going to make sure that I get in there early and can make it happen. So I went to my doctor, he gave me the referral, he referred me on to the birth center. And at the time, what would happen is they receive everyone that wanted to get in the birth center. They'd see what time of year you would do. So for me, it was the middle of March and see how many spots they have and then offer them to the women. It was, it was called a ballot, a birth center ballot. And I received a letter in the mail some um, weeks later saying, congratulations, you got in. And I was like, yes, I think I posted like a Facebook status about it saying, I got in, I got in. It was very exciting for me because I knew that I was going to have an amazing experience having that continuity of care with midwives. So I would, yeah, I would see my midwives. I so this is at the Royal Brisbane and I went on to a team called the Nanda team. So it was a team of midwives and I would just see the same few midwives in rotation so that when I actually went into labor, it would be any of those guys or women <laughs> that would be there when I would give birth. And I would just go along to my appointments. Like life was good. I was feeling good. I was feeling happy. Um, we were heading towards the end of the year and I was just getting more and more pregnant. I wasn't, my belly was quite little. I didn't actually pop until past 20 weeks for my second baby, which was interesting, um, because Max was such a big baby the first time, nine pound four. He was the biggest out of like mine and my sister's and my mum's babies. So I was quite tiny maybe due to the sickness, I'm not sure, but I was still sick, um, past 20 weeks. I think it went away around 22 weeks. I just remember going to my morphology scan and still feeling like absolute crap. Like I was no good. And I had Max to keep entertained. So John was still just living in Bundaberg. I don't, he didn't come to that. He didn't come to any appointments. He was never here. So Oh, did I just say Bundaberg? I meant four hours away. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so the pregnancy was going well. I was happy. Max was really happy and so very well loved and keeping me great company. He's such a beautiful, happy, full of life little boy. And I was now beginning to feel a lot better in my pregnancy. Thank gosh. Christmas came and went, Max's third birthday came and went, um, and everything was really joyous, and I was really looking forward to 
you know, birthing this baby at the birth center was very exciting. It wasn't until I had my morphology scan or just passed my morphology scan that they said I had a low-lying placenta. And I feel like in this case, I wasn't studying midwifery at the time. Ignorance was definitely bliss because I was like, what does this even mean? And I had really holistic, like beautiful midwives. They were like, well, it doesn't mean anything at this point. It just means that your placenta is low-lying. And it just means that we can check it um, like via ultrasound scan later on in your pregnancy just to check that it's moved out of the way because we just don't want it to be in the way of the cervix. That was it, which I'm so grateful for because I feel like if they approached it as, you know, again, I asked the question, what's why does it matter that I have a low lying placenta? If they were to be like, well, if it's too low, you're going to have to have a cesarean. I would have freaked out. Right. And it's just putting cesarean in my mind. And that's something that, you know, I'd had a vaginal birth before. I'm I'm not interested in entertaining that thought. So, again, super grateful for these midwives. They were beautiful. So, yeah, past past Christmas, I have another ultrasound scan and slash. So checking the um, location of the placenta and we were checking the size of baby. And I was cool with this because um, because Max was a larger baby. There was an issue when the midwives were chatting to the obstetricians that would oversee the, their cases. So I was a lady who said when I had my first baby, that was a big bubby, that he had quote unquote sticky shoulders. So once his head, it was a very slow delivery of his head and then a very um, hands on sort of birthing experience, trying to get the rest of his body out. So I said it wasn't technically a shoulder dystocia, but it, it was very difficult to get his shoulders out. And they were like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, let the doctor know. And they had a look at my notes from the previous birth and said, look, the doctor said, if this baby is like measuring to be smaller than your first baby, then you'll be good to go for a border birth. However, if it's tracking to be larger than your first baby, you won't be able to have a water birth. And I was like, oh crap, because I really, really wanted to have one. Um, my sister, One of my sisters had had one, um, well, she was planning to have one with her first baby and she was planning to have one with her second one, which she was now pregnant with as well. So just even chatting to her about, how amazing it would be it was just like oh yeah that's what I really want so that was a little bit concerning for me but also again the ignorance is bliss thing I was like it is what it is the baby is as big as it's going to be there's nothing I can do that's going to influence the weight and I'm okay with that so I went in for the ultrasound and they came back and said the placenta's moved great news okay so it's clear of um the os or that you know it's clear of the cervix it's out of the way which i was like fantastic good to go vaginal birth then when they measured baby they i can't remember i actually found the ultrasound scan recently but they were like the size of the baby is maybe like 50th centile all over except for it's because i didn't know what i was having at the time its abdomen was tracking to be like 80th centile 
Um, and I now know like as a midwife and in more recent years that that's actually a better indicator of the size of the baby than any of the other like um, isolated like fetal measurements. But anyway, they were like, cool. So this baby is looking to not be as big. It's measuring six pound 12. And I believe that was at 34 weeks. So I was like, oh, cool. Well, I might have, you know, like a late sevens, early eight pound baby. That's like a whole pound lighter than Max was. Fantastic. Like, that's awesome. So happy. Everything's tracking along really nicely. And that brings us up to when I get closer to giving birth. So I was due on the 14th of March and John was going to have two weeks of paternity leave. Now, this was going to fall on a Wednesday and I said to him, I don't know which day, like when you want to go on your paternity leave, but maybe just wait until I'm like a hit 40 weeks. I always convince myself I'm going to go past 40 weeks, which is probably a good thing because I, I, I don't put that much pressure on myself to give birth by that date. But then I was getting a little bit nervous about it because I was like, oh, I don't know if like, I don't know it if I go over, like if he takes time off before my due date and then I go two weeks over, well, then that's the paternity leave taken. Anyway, so he finished up work on the Friday and I wasn't, so technically his paternity leave started on the Monday. So he came to Brisbane on Sunday. So on the Saturday, he went fishing and camping and had absolutely no reception. And I was like, hey, I'd really prefer it if you didn't do that, because what if I go into labor and I can't call you? He's like, I'm sure I'll be fine. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So Sunday he heads to Brisbane and that was awesome. I wake up on the Monday morning with Max and John in my bed and, you know, all snuggled up and delicious. And I just felt different that day. I felt a sense of relief now that he was on paternity leave and like actually in Brisbane. And so I went to the bathroom that morning and I had some mucus plug come away, which was one of the first signs with Max, if you remember. So it was a little bit of like streaky blood, but not a lot, but it was more just like that clear sort of mucusy thing. And I was like, oh, okay, things could be happening. I, everyone got up for the day and it was all well and good. My mum was not working that day, so she was home. It was a rainy day and it was just nice to just put her around the house. I said, Look, I read somewhere that fresh dates and fresh pineapple can really help with like cervical ripening and and to help with labor or whatever, whatever I had read at the time. Keep in mind, this was like 11 years ago. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go down to Coles and grab a fresh pineapple and some dates. And so John came with me down there, got some fresh pineapple, brought it home Um I ate an entire pineapple, which was fantastic, and decided to clean out the baby's car seat and install that in the car. So at this point, I was 39 and 5. So due, due and I use that term very loosely, in two days. So off we go um, back home and we're just eating 
pineapple and I'm just laying on the couch and I'm talking to my mum and it's now the afternoon and I'm like, I don't know if it's happening or not. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. I am having some Braxton Hicks, but I don't know if, if, if that's it. Like, is this the thing? And mum's like, okay, cool. She reminded me that that night she had, um, she was studying her master's at the time. So she's like, don't forget tonight I've got my thing from like, I think it was, gosh, now, now I'm trying to remember, six till eight or something like that. And I remembered that Max had swimming lessons, oh geez, around 3.30 or 4 p.m. And so the afternoon came, nothing much is really happening, right? So I'm just, I said to mum, ah, you may as well get ready and go to your master's thing. Um, my stepdad will be home soon from his full-time work and I'll be fine. And mum's like, okay, cool. Um, so off she went and then John was like, oh, do you want me to take Max to his swimming lesson? And I was like, yeah, just take him. Just take him, it's fine. I said, actually, we'll go for a walk around the lake because um, we lived by a giant lake. Go for a nice like afternoon stroll, maybe get things going, um, and then you can take him to swimming lessons, and then we'll reevaluate when you get back. And he was like, all right, sweet. I'm like, let me just call the hospital first, <laughs> just in case, um, and just sort of let them know what's going on. So I gave them a ring, and they were like, hey, what's up? called my midwife and she's like look just what like what do you think's going on you know better you've given birth before and I'm like look I don't think it's it just yet I'm just letting you guys know like keep me on your radar I am due in two days so just yeah just hang tight and she's like look I think like going for a walk around the lake sounds really really good do that you know see what happens after then and then just update us you know just update us, just relax. I'm like, okay. So I was really convinced that things weren't the full go ahead. I was having like intermittent tightenings, but nothing painful. So off we went for our little walk, uh, came back home and I was like, yep, take Max. Like I'm not in full blown labor. Like I don't even think I'm in labor. So, so we're good to go. And so off he went, he took Max and now I'm home alone. And I was on my phone just before I was having a shower and I was like, oh, like laying in the dark. I, I can picture this, like my bedroom, the blinds are shut. It's, it's a, a cloudy, rainy afternoon, like a little bit of like afternoon sunlight was shining through, like peeking through the blinds. And I was just laying in my bed, just trying to get in the zone, like what's happening. And I was talking to my friend Holly and I was like, Hey, I think I might have this, <laughs> this baby. I think I might be in labor. Like, I don't know. Like I lost my show. Um, I've just had some loose bowel motions, like something's happening. And she was like, Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And, um, she was like the 13th of the third, 2012, like that's a really cool birthday. And that was actually the Tuesday. And I remember reading that and thinking, Oh, Oh no, I'm having this baby today. <laughs> and she was like, but it's like five o'clock in the afternoon and you're like, not yeah, Like you said, you think you might be going into labor. Like with my two babies that I would have the baby the next day. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just going to have a shower and see what happens. And she was like, okay, cool. Good luck. 
so I had like this fabulous shower. I was like shampooing and conditioning my hair and like shaving my legs. And I was prepping, you know, it's like nesting, but I was like nesting the body. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, something's happening. Um, and it was at this point that I, I got out of the shower. It must've been just before 5 PM, by the way, it must've been about 4.30. So yeah, swimming lessons might've been from four to five or something or four to 4.30. And so I get in, I get out of the shower. It's about five o'clock and I blow dried my hair and I was like straightening my hair or something crazy which I don't usually do my hair, but I was just, I think I was just trying to keep my mind off everything still home alone. And at this point I was having surges like contractions and, and they were hurting. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Okay. I think I might be in labor. Like where the hell's my stepdad and where's John? Like what? So I tried calling mum. She didn't answer because she was at her master's course. I tried, well, she had already left. I tried calling John to be like, oh, it's five o'clock. I thought you'd be home by now. Nope, no answer. Okay, cool. Excellent. Things ramped the F up, like up. I mean, going from like some niggles to being like, like I'm having contractions. And I was actually freaking out a little bit, which is not a really good way to feel when you're in labor because... Um, it's going to kind of go against physiology with all the hormones and stuff involved. So I rang one of my sisters and I was like one of my, the eldest sister that was at Max's birth, Nicole, um, she was now living at the Sunshine Coast. So she was not around. Whereas my um, second eldest sister, Bianca, she lived close-ish by. And this was the one that was like early days pregnant, like a few months pregnant. And... Oh no, she wasn't actually pregnant. Sorry. And no, she had just given birth like a few months previously. Sorry. <laughs> she has had, she had just had her third baby like a, a, a few months prior. So we were pregnant at the same time. She gave birth first. Yes. We were also pregnant when I was pregnant with Max, but I gave birth first. So that's why I was getting mixed up. Anyway, so she had just had her second water birth and this was what was like really influencing me to want to do it again. So I was like, Bianca, like I've tried calling mom. She didn't answer. I tried calling Bill, my stepdad. He's not answering. I don't know what the, where the F he is, but he should have been home by now. I've tried calling John. He's not answering. He's only supposed to be at um, swimming lessons, but I don't know where the hell he is. And I think I need to go to hospital. And she was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's like, okay, how about I'll just drive to your house. Um, and then when John gets home with Max, I can stay with, there with Max until um, our stepdad Bill gets home. And then you and John just go straight to hospital. I was like, yep, okay, that's the plan. Please head here now. And she was like, okay, cool. She was about 20 minute drive away. So <laughs> I'm just like, I can't remember whether, whether I was in tears, but I was getting a little bit scared. It was getting a little bit more concerning. And I had everything packed. I was like waiting at the front door. Still didn't hear a word from John. Then suddenly I hear them at the front. John and Max get home. And I was like, we need to go to hospital. And he was like, oh my gosh, really? Okay, like, let's go. Like, let's do this thing. 
And I was like, what are we going to do with Max? Like, I don't know. And um, literally like two minutes later or a minute later, Bill arrives home from work. We were like, we need to go to hospital. Like I'm having the baby. And he's like, oh my gosh, okay, that's cool. I've got Max, off you go. So we jumped in the car and we just started driving down the road and Bianca was heading down the road in the opposite direction towards the house. And she pulled over, like we just wound down our window because we're in a cul-de-sac. And she's like, oh, okay, so Bill's home. Are you all good? And we're like, yup. And I said, do you want to come too? And she was like, okay, I'll just park the car and I'll come. And like even retelling this, like (laughs) why do I get so teary? Because it's so emotional. I'm not an emotional person, but maybe I am. Um, Having her presence there because I knew mum wasn't going to be at the birth really, really, really felt um, so beautiful. Like her presence was so beautiful. Um, So she just parked her car, jumped in the car with us and off we went. And so on the way in there, she said to me, hey, so you're having um, a birth photographer, yeah? And I was like, yes can you please message her or call her? And I think she sent her a message or something. And she was like, okay, right. Like I'll get my stuff sorted. Then I'll head in. I also had a student doula, which I should have mentioned when I was talking about my pregnancy, but to be honest, I really didn't mesh well with her. Um, so we didn't contact her because I didn't feel like I wanted her at the birth. I only met up with her once in my pregnancy and she pretty much just did like a tick and flick thing you know like oh how pregnant are you what do you want at the birth blah 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 and was like okay so call me when you're in labor and I was like why would I want you there like I don't feel connected to you and yeah so just like I guess that's a little word of mourning for anyone that is a doula or like studying to be one please make sure that you form a really nice rapport with the woman that you are supporting because I I didn't feel supported. She never really checked in with me. It was awful. Anyway, so we didn't call her and that was sweet. Like that felt good. So it's like cars coming home from uh, work from the city sort of time. You know, we're thinking 5.30ish and I'm like, this is ridiculous because the traffic is bad. (laughs) And I remember John was driving and when it was like a green light, then it would switch to Amber and he would just like start to break. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, can you please hurry up? Go. I'm having a baby. And so he's like, Oh, okay. Like, it doesn't matter if you get a red light, like whatever we can just tell. I don't mean like completely run through a red light, but just, yeah. Can we have some sort of hastiness about this? So we finally arrive at the hospital and I'm, I'm not sure at this point whether I called them again to let them know I was there. I feel like my sister called them because she also did birth center, which was really, really great. Um, and yeah, so we pull up to the Royal ED sort of like drop off zone and John let Bianca and I out of the car no we all got out we all got out of the car and then we hopped in uh through the entrance of the hospital and then pressed the button to go upstairs um to birth suite and so we're waiting and bianca took a photo of john and i so i i I should post it actually i might just cover up his face but 
um, just so that you can see the size of my belly and the size of me and, and the look on my face. So things were getting rather intense. And then the elevator doors opened and we hopped inside and up we went. And when we got up, we didn't get all the way to the top when we stopped at another level and then someone got in and we were like, I was, I just remember thinking like, F you, like hurry up. And they um, got out the, the level before we had to get off. So we did like three, well, two unnecessary stops. And when they hopped out, they were like, good luck, <laughs> which was really cool. Um, so we get to the front desk. I'm like, Hey, I'm having a baby. Um, and they're like, Oh yes, we were expecting you, blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't have a contraction at the time. So I was just chilling and, um, I went in there and I can't remember the name of this midwife, but it was one that I remembered during my pregnancy that I I had two that I really wanted at the birth. So I was like, if, if I had Karen or Jill, I would be ecstatic. The others, I don't know that well, so I prefer not to. And it was one of the others that I didn't know. And I was like, okay, like whatever, that's fine. And so I was just in there and the room was stunning. She had it set up all beautiful. And I was like, this is really, really nice. And she said, if you could lie on the bed so I can palpate, um, just to see what position baby's in and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, yep. Okay, cool. So I lied down and as soon as I did, I started having a contraction and it was the level of intensity with that one was like beyond belief because just of my position being flat on my back, I was like, no, 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 I don't want this. Um, she did a really, really quick, like, okay, yep, baby's head down and all that sort of stuff. So you do what you need to do. And she's like, would you like to use the birth pool as some pain relief? And I thought, yeah, in my head, I was still a little bit iffy about giving birth completely in the water. I was like, maybe I'll just labor. And then when it comes time for pushing, I'll hop out. Like I just, I still was a little bit, I think uneducated on the whole thing, but I was like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, fill her up. So I said, I'll go hop in the shower and Bianca joined me in there. And, um, John was hosing my belly and Bianca was hosing my back. So that there were two like shower heads and it was divine. So I was just standing up and just rocking and holding onto the metal pole in there. And just, yeah, that was feeling really good. And then when I hopped out of the shower, when the pool was finally ready, which felt like, it felt like a long time, it was coming on to be 7 p.m. And I think it was about, yeah, like quarter two or something. And um, the midwife that was in there said, hey, it's it's our, so we do like 12 hour shifts. So I I can tell you're very close to having your baby. I'm more than happy to stay if you would like me to stay. Or Jill is the next midwife on. Would you like her? And I was like, you can go. <laughs> you can go. It's fine. Like nothing against her. I just, I just envisioned having Jill or Karen there. So I was like really, really happy to hear that Jill was there. And um, I was like, cool. So 
I hopped in the pool and, and slunk down in there and oh, it just felt so good. It was the first time I'd ever been in the pool during a labor and it just the weightlessness and the warmth of it. I felt held. I felt free to move. It was just really, really nice. So Jill was here at this point. Um, John's here. Bianca's here. And now Maddie, my birth photographer, arrived. And it was so lovely to know that everyone was here. I had another, con- I have another very strong contraction in the water. And at that point, I felt a giant pop, like a massive pop. And I thought, oh, something happened. <laughs> I think I was, vo- I, I was being very vocal throughout my contractions. And I was like, oh, like making noises. And then I went, oh like that. And the midwife was like, okay, Dana, I I noticed something different happened during that contraction. Can you tell me what that was? And I said, I felt a big pop. And she was like, okay, so that means that your waters have broken and looking in the water, it looks lovely and clear. So there's no meconium, there's no blood. That's really, really great sign. You did say, however, that you didn't want to be pushing in the water so would you like to hop out now and I was like no I'm not going anywhere you'll have to drag me out of this pool now like this is where I'm going to stay and she's like fantastic that's cool we're staying in the water that's beautiful so I stayed in the water and I just kept having my contractions I'm just totally nude just loving life in there by the way I had Bianca like up at my head like talking to me and she'd sort of float around and do do things. She put my beautiful birth music on. I think I listened to Brooke Fraser's, um, I think the album's called Arithmetic, but yeah, just that whole album was just playing in the background and it was beautiful. John was just, yeah, there at my head really. Um, not very vocal or anything, but he was like there present watching on. And so, uh, when Maddie had arrived, after my waters had broken, then I really began to start pushing involuntarily, which was a really cool feeling because like you would have remembered what I explained, what it was like with Max, which was, I didn't have like that fetal ejection reflex. I didn't have that super urge to push this time. I really did. And I was kind of like on my hands and knees, if that makes sense. So like my arms were on the edge of the birth pool and and I was kind of like, yeah, in that position. So with my pushes, I could feel they were actually doing something. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm, yeah, I'm having my baby and it doesn't feel as like full on as the first time. And we're getting closer and closer and her head started crowning. I had a quick little feel down there and I could feel her hair floating around. I could actually feel her hair like floating in the water, like brushing up against my thighs, (laughs) which is a really bizarre feeling. And yeah, just kept doing that. And it was really, really cool. And her head wasn't like one big pop and the head was out. It was a very slow delivery um, of her head. And then I had a contraction go away and her jaw was actually still inside me. So I gave a little uh, an extra push and her jaw came out. Um, and then 
I needed to, you know, wait for the next contraction and that one built and I tried pushing again. It was a very <laughs> tight sort of shoulder feeling scenario. I was like, oh, okay. Like, and my midwife was like, oh, come on, Dana. Like, I, I want you to give the biggest push of your life. I remember hearing her say that, come on, Dana, like the biggest push of your life. And I was trying so hard, but I could feel there wasn't much moving her. And I, I remember saying, I need you to help. And she's like, okay, with the next one. And so she did put hands on. Um, and then out she came. And the midwife popped her up on my back for a moment. I just needed to catch my breath because I was just in another world. So as soon as I started pushing, dead silence from me. So like from vocalizing heaps throughout my contractions, when that contraction came and my waters released that was when the pushing the involuntary pushing began and I shifted from this point of like this part of labor where I'm contracting up until the the 10 centimeters to the next part of labor which was now the, or the second stage as a, a lot of people call it the second stage of pushing until this baby is born. So when I was in second stage, I was just, I went within. My eyes were shut. I was in a different freaking world. Um, and one of my favorite sayings is that it's said that in labor, women leave their bodies, travel up to the stars to collect their baby and then travel, return back to earth with them. And that's how I felt like my soul left my body to go collect her and bring her earth side and so um once I caught my breath she's like turn around and receive your baby I'm like oh yeah okay here I am so I rolled over and I cuddled her and I remember looking and I had a look I'm like yep it's a girl I, I felt like she was a girl at the end in fact I lay behind a whole bunch of pink stuff and I looked at her she was um, I think her Apgars was seven and eight, or maybe eight and nine, or seven and nine, or something. So she was a little slower to get going, a little bit floppy. Um, but then she was all good. And I remember looking at her face and going, saying to everyone in the room, Oh, she's so tiny. <laughs> and uh, you'll understand why I laugh in a second. So you know, that was happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to hop out to deliver the placenta, had a towel around my shoulders. Bianca assisted me to walk down and hop on this birthing stool. Um, Bianca rang mom and said, you know, do you want to talk to Dana? She's had the baby at this point. It was 7:50. She was born at 7:52 PM, I believe, or 7:51. Oh, I need to check the baby book. I like being precise with the actual like minute. I think it's 7:52. And so, yeah, so I was on the phone to mum, like, while the placenta still inside me, I'm like, it's a girl. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And yep, so we off the phone now and just waiting. Uh, my midwife said, I know you said you wanted a physi physiological third stage of your placenta, but it looks like you're losing a lot of blood. Um, probably over 500, <laughs> getting very, very close to that 500 mil point which is what it, they consider to be a PPH. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm happy to have the injection. That's fine. So 
she did the injection and then the placenta came out shortly after um and that was really great and then um feeding this baby immediately like she was just straight on the booby um really really happy and just the most gorgeous thing ever we weighed her and she was nine pound 13 ounces <laughs> and the midwife was like having a chuckle she's like the doctor saying that you wouldn't be able to have that baby in the water if it was bigger than like nine pounds so I was really happy with that we stayed in the birth center because this was nighttime overnight they wanted to keep me for longer because um of her size um considering you know I might have had gestational diabetes or whatever I did do the glucose tolerance test back 11 years ago or 12 years ago with the pregnancy you didn't actually do the GTT so first you do a glucose tolerance challenge and then if you failed that you would do the glucose tolerance test and then shortly after like years later they changed it to be everyone just does a glucose tolerance test well that's what they recommend at least you'll hear more about that with my next pregnancies um so technically not gestational diabetic but like they were like oh why is this baby so giant um news flash i'm half samoan so there is a good chance that i'm gonna have like maybe a bit stauncher babies <laughs> and john is also six foot one so he's not a small man by any means anyway so I was happy with that and then you know nighttime fell and it was like 11 o'clock I was just peeking um Max and my mum and Bill came brought me Hunger Jacks because that's what I felt like and Max got to meet his little baby sister and it was the cutest freaking thing in the world because I wanted him to be the first one to hold um Avalon outside of you know the people that were at the birth and yeah it was just divine and I remember the midwife coming in after the birth and saying you know when I turned up for my shift the the lady the admin lady said oh yes you've got one lady in labor but I, th I think she's pretty far off when she came to the front desk like she didn't really seem to be like she was in labor and Jill said she said to her oh well she's a multi meaning I've had a baby before or you know it's not my first baby so you never know and um when she went out there and was like oh yep she's had the baby she was like what the hell <laughs> that's crazy so yeah that was really cool and uh, I, I will add in in more birth stories Jill comes up a couple of more times so um, I will, I'll chat about that later, but it's really cool to bring her up, um, because I just honestly adore her. She was the reason why I decided to become a midwife. Um, so that is the story of Avalon Joy's birth or pregnancy, labor and birth. Um, she had a wonderful, um, easy breastfeeding journey as well. Uh, also, uh, I didn't... I didn't think that um, after I had her with my bleeding, I didn't have anything too crazy afterwards as well. That, that's important to note. So with the 500 mils, I believe that was all I bled. Like 
maybe estimated to be 490 or something and then things sort of teetered off from then i i said to the pediatricians i'm happy for her to have um two heel pricks and if they're fine i'm going home so we went home by lunchtime the next day so it was honestly such a stark contrast of my experience the first time um and i didn't really go into the after with max's birth with breastfeeding and staying in the hospital um i might touch on that another time but it's not really an oxytocin inducing story to be honest so maybe i won't who knows Anyway, until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to share the love or get in contact with us for feedback or a chance to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at www.daisy.com.au. That's www.daisy.com.au. Or on our Instagram, at the oxytocin hour all one word i appreciate you taking the time to tune in and i hope you've gained something positive from listening until next time